powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all that sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Hello, Oilers fans. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me on a Saturday night. I know a lot of you have a ton of other things you could be doing. So thanks for coming out and hanging out with me on what was a pretty frustrating game. I probably want to term it. There were definitely some good moments. There were definitely some tough moments. We're going to get into all that and more. First off, I'm going to look at the chat. Let's say what's up to Chemo Man, Mickinator, MGD, uh, Kianosaurus. I don't think I recognize your name, so thanks for joining us here. Obviously, Wise Kyle's back. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was definitely a tough game against the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, yeah, the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime. Stu makes the first save on a chance by... Man, I came in here and started streaming so fast. Yeah, it was Nick Waugh. And he just spread him out. He was alone in front for quite a while. The Oilers got tied up in the zone. The Knights had possession. They made a full change with possession. Kane and Nuge were caught on the ice with Ekholm. I thought they got out. They they just couldn't recover the puck in time. They were gassed. It's three on three. Um, and yeah, no, that, that definitely sucked. I thought Kane had a really good chance to win it. And over time, McDavid and Dress, it'll never really were able to create much while they were on the ice. Um... Yeah, it, it was a pretty tough night overall. The Oilers never had the lead tonight. Um, I thought for the first two periods, I'll say the Oilers skaters were better than the Vegas Golden Knights skaters for sure. Um, coming into the game, you, Logan Thompson got injured against Calgary, so he's back out. The Vegas goaltending situation was uncertain. You hear Laurent Brassois starting, so you're like, okay, it's a guy who's been in the AHL. He's been up and down his entire career, but he's a former Oiler, so you know he's going to put out a good effort tonight. He definitely was. Very important player for the Vegas Golden Knights. If it's quick in net, I think the Oilers win this bar down. But Bersois was awesome tonight. They had no Alec Martinez, no Riley Smith, obviously no Mark Stone. He's been out for a while. Um, no Riley Smith. Yeah, really tough. The Oilers end up going back to 12-6, and six, which is really weird considering how good they are at 11-7. and seven. And the funny part is when they do go 12-6, and six, you can see the problem they have right now on the top line with Evander Kane not necessarily, not going anywhere close to full speed and Yamamoto clearly struggling very hard. And obviously that was evident when early in the second period, Jay Woodcroft replaced Kyler Yamamoto with Matthias, Matthias Yanmark, not Matthias Ekmark. Um, but yeah, no, this was definitely a frustrating game. I think the, I think ideally, because you probably, you don't want either of Yanmark or Yamamoto in the top six right now. Yanmark just doesn't have that offensive awareness when he gets set up. Like you saw, he had a multiple opportunities in the third where he should have just taken the shot, but he sent a uh, pass to McDavid back door where McDavid was already skating back to cover for defensive pressure in case you know they they uh Bersois stopped it and kept the puck moving but yeah no Yanmark doesn't have that that finish in him uh to be able to play up there and Yamamoto just had a bad game again tonight man just a real tough game for Kyler Yamamoto it started in the first period when Yamamoto got called for that hold and it's tough because Yamamoto battles so hard that 
you think he's able he 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 gives off that he gives off this like he has that identity of he's tenacious he's ferocious he's able to win these puck battles he's able to fight off these bigger guys but the problem is in order for him to do it especially when he's taking on a team like the knights who are a deceptively large team in these puck battles yamamoto ends up holding or using a stick in a way that benefits him and sometimes the ref doesn't call it but you saw early on the refs did call it, and obviously that bit the was in the ass with the Knights scoring a power play goal uh, from I, the Russian guy. I don't know. Pavel Dorofeyev. Yeah, obviously never heard of him, but he's been good for the Knights over the last however long. Um, yeah, no, definitely too much puck watching. Waskal says, Yanmark doesn't have the finish, but he's got the Swedish. I see what you did there. I was thinking of that joke, but it was quite the low-hanging fruit for myself. I'm, I feel like I'm a bit better than that, so I don't want to touch that one. But what else is going on in the chat here tonight? Face-offs tonight were brutal. Yeah, that's not something I necessarily touch on that much, but yeah, the Oilers definitely, they got beat on the draws by the Knights, who won 52% to the Oilers, 48%. The power plays were dead even, uh, each team going 50%, one for two. Uh, the first goal, okay, so this is the other thing I saw in the chat earlier on and what I wanted to talk about. So the game starts, first goal, first shot, Vegas Golden Knights, Eichel, short side on a two-on-one. Yeah, I know it's a two-on-one, and I know Ekholm is back, and he defended it all right. That's a, that's a goal Skinner's got to have. That was a pretty weak shot from Eichel, I'd say. And again, I'm not a goaltending expert, so take this with a grain of salt, but it almost to me looked like Skinner overslid and overplayed the 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 original puck carrier shooter the shooting the goal Ivan Barbashev and he overslid and and tried to make up for him cheating to the shooter a little bit and ended up um giving Eichel way more real estate to shoot at uh and and, and Eichel put it in so obviously that's not a good start but then on the other end you have a beautiful passing play a, a couple minutes after you have Leon Drysaddle, who was probably the Oilers' best player tonight, ferocious in the neutral zone. The His puck IQ knocking down these pucks with his stick out of midair, creating turnovers for the Knights, creating odd man rushes for the Oilers, obviously paid off really quick when early on he he knocks it down, gets it down to Nugent Hopkins, or gets it to Bouchard. Bouchard, I believe. Or gets it to Nugent Hopkins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gets it back to Drysaddle, uh, Nugent Hopkins to Hyman for the goal right on the doorstep. And yeah, makes it 1-1. So the Oilers and Knights always seem to play tight games, always seem to go uh, 4-1. I think the Oilers were unlucky to not be up by more because again, early on, they were out shooting the Knights heavy. Uh, I know, I believe I wrote it down somewhere, but yeah, again, my notes are pretty messy. Yeah, no, shots were 8-3 for the Oilers 10 minutes in, but the goals were... Only one to one, and then obviously on the power play, uh, Dorfeyev gets an open shot in the slot. It's a pretty good shot, to be honest with you. Yeah, you'd like Skinner to save it, but you would. I could literally say that about every single goal ever. So yeah, that's probably one I'd let slide. Uh, then obviously the second period, it was a little more. Um, what's the word? What 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 kind of word do I want to use here? It was a little more jammed up. I don't think there were nearly as many chances for both teams in the second period. I thought the Oilers were the better team in the second period, but it, there definitely wasn't that. Um, it definitely felt a little more clogged up. Uh, Kimo, man, I'm concerned with our goalies. MGD says, I've been concerned with our goalies all year. Yeah, no, it's definitely becoming a, a concern here because Campbell's unplayable right now. I apologize, Blas Kyle. And Campbell's going to get another shot against Arizona 
uh, I believe, on Monday when they take him on because it is a back-to-back. Um, so we'll see how he does there. But you have Campbell against Arizona, and then you're going right back against Vegas. You want... And Stu's going to get that game again. So Stu definitely has a chance to bounce back. I don't think tonight was anywhere close to Stu's best game. He, To me, it looked like Stuart, Skimble, Stuart Skinner was very scrambly. Even when Vegas was getting chances and the others had sticks and lanes and they were putting up a relatively good defensive effort, it it, it looked like Skinner was oversliding, overcompensating. The movements were a little more than I'm used to from watching Stuart Skinner. And he was usually a relatively technically sound goaltender. You don't get a lot of exaggeration in the movement. But tonight, to me, it noticed. I noticed when like the Eichel line was on, if there was a chance, he was pushing off really far, really far, really hard, and almost overcommitting to shooters or overcommitting to the pass. And again, not a goaltending expert, but that's something I noticed tonight. It felt I felt a little more nervous with Stu in net than I usually do. Because again, is Stu the best goalie in the NHL? Is Stu gonna steal you a game? Probably not. But the thing about Stu Skinner is he's been relatively consistent the entire year. The ups haven't been phenomenal. Yeah, he's had a couple great games. I know he stole games against, I believe, I know Calgary for sure, I believe against Winnipeg. Um, And then the lows haven't been nearly as low as what we have seen, obviously, in our backyard with Jack Campbell. So yeah, no, Stu definitely, tonight was a red flag. And I, he definitely needs some rest. He's probably played more hockey than he's ever played. He's got a newborn kid at home. Stu needs rest. Because in the playoffs, the Oilers are going to play one of the Knights or the Kings. And this was obviously a very important game for playoff uh, positioning. And the Oilers lose. This pretty much knocks down any hope the Oilers had of winning the division. It's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're going to finish, like I'd say, 75 80% in third maybe second but yeah let's let's plan on them finishing third there there is still a chance LA could win the division especially if the Oilers beat Vegas uh on Tuesday I believe so yeah no it, this definitely the cements the Oilers positioning in the standings I think this win for sure uh so it, it allows you to build you can build on that you can start planning to play uh probably la but again there is a chance la wins the division and you do play vegas in the first round which i don't know they're both tough matchups i'm not really in the business of picking matchups because again last time i picked i wanted a team i wanted winnipeg and the others got swept so i don't know i de- probably winnipeg just or probably vegas just on the basis of their goaltending is not nearly as strong as um as the la kings but yeah no the goaltending is probably the number one concern in the playoffs for sure 100 percent uh one thing i want to say right now we got 24 people watching uh it looks like we only have one like that's odd i'm not sure how that's possible uh oh yeah one like you guys want to go ahead hit that like button i'd really appreciate it i know it's again saturday night i'm sure everyone's out about I'm sure everyone will catch us tomorrow morning uh or whenever you're free we appreciate all the love all the support uh, everything you guys do, you guys are the reason that I this show exists. Uh, I'm happy you guys are here watching with me. Um, yeah, anything. Yeah, tough, frustrating game. Tough, 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 frustrating game. MGD, MGD in the chat says, next week is Arizona on Monday, Vegas on Tuesday, the Kings on Thursday. 
super important week. Sorry, I forgot to hit like. Oh, no, no problem. No problem. Yeah, now we're up to 10 likes. Much more like it. Much more like it. Yeah, next week, pre next week, 100% cements the playoff matchups. 100% cements the playoff matchups. If they make the playoffs, I mean, the Oilers have, what, 90, 90 points? They pre I, The cutoff will be 94. Better, 100%, I think, in most models making the playoffs, whether you look at Money Puck, whether you look at Dawn decisions, like 99.999. So, yeah. Wise Kyle, maybe they played Jack against Vegas. Sorry, buddy. No. Not playing Jack against Vegas. I will bet my life on that. Jack is not playing against Vegas unless something uh knock on happens that you don't want to happen. Um way too much puck watching at the end. Yeah, I think another concern is that the Oilers were, I believe, the better team for the first two periods. The third period, though, when it's 2-2, you gotta come out hard. Because if you have want any sniff of winning this division, you need to win this game and you need to win it in regulation. And what happens? Vegas comes out like a house on fire. They're getting pucks on net. They're not just getting pucks on net. They're getting grade A chances. Chance after chance after chance. The Oilers are lucky that they're not down by more at the beginning of the third. Vegas outshot them 8-1 to one in the first 10 minutes of the third period. The Oilers were so far back on their heels. Um... Early on in that third, that, that goal that cost him, the, the goal that the Vegas Knights scored, the Marshall one-timer, which beautiful one-timer I, I, by Marshall. That guy would be phenomenal on the others. Phenomenal. But, uh, yeah, no, Hyman skating out. Bad. I don't know what he was trying to do. Was he trying to dump it in? Was he trying to make a pass? Whatever it was. Couldn't get it deep. Turns it over to the Vegas defenseman. They get an odd man rush the other way. And Jack Eichel was flying tonight. Jack Eichel was smack, was fast and smooth and smooth as fast. He was skating really well makes the pass to marsh so one times a bass pass skinner to me kind of looked like it was the center of the net probably something you'd like skinner to have but again skinner did come up big a number of times but obviously skinner needs to be better than he was tonight skinner finished tonight with an 882 save percentage yeah not good enough tonight um yeah no that just plain and simple there's a couple goals there i feel like skinner would like to have i'd say the overtime goal and the second goal by the knights but dorfeyev goal were the two that you can forgive him on um but yeah no that's that's where i say warren fogel scores the goal late ties up the game it's not connor it's not leon it's not nuge it's warren fogel with the shot from the slot a goal that laurent persuade all of a sudden lets in that one goal playing like dominic hashik the rest of the night lets in that goal couldn't believe it uh i was super stoked warren fogel i believe that was his 14th of the year um, which would give him a career high. Oh, it's his 13th. So he ties his career high in goals. Uh, Warren Fogel obviously pushing to one more goal, and I believe he passes his career high. Warren Fogel, when he was on the ice for the Oilers, controlled 70% of the expected goals. Nick Bugstad had an awesome game too. That third line, uh, whether it was... I, they were better with Yanmark, I thought, than Yamamoto. But yeah, no, the Oilers, for the most part, did not have a good game. Like, I, like we all know the Oilers are capable of playing much better. Yes, the Knights are really good offensively. They can, they're deceptively quick, I feel like. They can beat you in transition. Their defensemen are really mobile. They can move their puck. Braden McNabb is an absolute prick. Like, th this is another point of contention for me. Okay, the Oilers had two power plays this game. They easily could have had six. The number of infractions that Vegas got away with was ridiculous, especially on Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Leon Dreisaitl numerous times tripped, knocked down, held. It's like Leon was 
protecting the puck like a god tonight. Vegas, every time he was doing that down in the corners, there could have been five holding calls, especially if the, the standard is the Ekholm call that they called later in the game. Ridiculous. Connor McDavid in front of the net, minding his own business. He's probably seven, eight, nine feet away from the goalie. McNabb just comes up behind him, cross-checks him, tries to break his stick over McDavid's back. The best player in the world, having one of the best seasons in like 35 years, goes down. The refs don't call shit. And then five minutes later, they call the Ekholm penalty. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Then you see that picked up the physicality. I think the always got frustrated. McDavid, you can tell when he gets mad because later in the shift, he goes, he throws a relatively hard check in the corner on another defenseman. Uh, Clem Costin goes in. Drysaddle tries to hit McNabb. Clem Costin gets hit by McNabb later, ends up hurting himself because he looked like he evaded it, but McNabb kind of caught the leg, and Clem Costin went you know, topside over. Um, yeah, no, that was definitely tough. There were a number of people, like even on the even on the Marshall goal, one guy that I forgot to mention, I know I mentioned Hyman, uh, Ryan Nushin Hopkins. Marshall was guy, and he didn't pick him up. He was late. He tried to make the block. Bad effort on that goal, obviously. And the Knights go up 3-2. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's just a real tough night. Let's see. Uh, Matias Ekholm played the most out of all the defensemen. He played 23 minutes flat. Darnell Nurse played 21. Kulak was 15. Deharnay was up at 17.45. And again, they only had four uh, four minutes of PK time in total. So yeah, Deharnay... I thought Dayarnay was pretty good tonight. I, I was pretty impressed with the play of Dayarnay. He looked a little more poised in the defensive zone. There were definitely some moments where I thought, oh, geez, oh, geez, the, he's getting pressured. He has the puck. I hope he just doesn't, you know, off the glass road. It doesn't make a stupid pass up the middle uh, and give make a giveaway to the Knights. But no, he was relatively poised. He ended up controlling almost 56, 55% of the expected goals. Kulak, Ekholm were all good. But yeah, no, that Nurse-CC pairing had another tough night, I thought. Um... Yeah, I thought Nurse was fine. I know he had a giveaway that people aren't too happy with, but I don't know. Darnell Nurse played like Darnell Nurse to me tonight. I don't think I think I don't think he was fantastic. I don't think he was atrocious. Cody Cece definitely frustrates me early on. It to me, it looked like Cody Cece was the trigger man on a lot of plays, and I'm like, why is Cody Cece shooting from the the top slot? Nickinator at home was in minus two, and that's something I didn't want him to get to as well. I wrote this down early in the game, and you kind of noticed it in the first period. I thought, I thought, and again. Take this with a grain of salt because Ekholm has been fantastic for the Oilers. Been everything they're missing. Some people term the best defenseman the Oilers had since Chris Ponger. This was definitely Matthias Ekholm's worst game as an Edmonton Oiler. Now, was he atrocious? No, I like, like it, it's one of those games you just kind of forget about. Every single player has off nights. Connor McDavid has off nights. I know it doesn't happen, but he's gone seven. He had seven games this season without getting a point. Those seven games were off nights for Connor McDavid. Tonight was an off night for Matthias Ekholm. He will return to form. I have no doubt about that. But tonight, numerous times you see plays where he would normally be able to recover the puck on a Vegas dump-in or defend the one-on-one -on -one or even a two-on-one. He was kind of getting walked a little bit. Uh, the Vegas boards looked like they often got a step on him. Uh, yeah, no, there were numerous plays where I thought Ekholm definitely... Uh, could have been better and we know he's capable of being better um yeah but he's been lights out like mickinator says and yeah this does come down to bad luck this comes down a couple of the plays yeah like was he on i don't i don't know what goals he was on for exactly i can't remember i think he was on the ice for the first vegas goal and uh that was the two-on-one yeah because he was defend back defending the two-on-one bouchard was the guy who got a chip by and i believe the same happened on the marcia so goal 
Yeah, and there were there were some other two on ones that came closer. Vegas, they definitely are good at developing that odd man rush. MGD in chat. Uh, it will be important on Tuesday to see how everyone responds. Yeah, no, this is gonna be that's gonna be a huge game. That's gonna be a definitely a very telling game. That's a measuring stick game. Uh, you got beat on home ice in overtime. You could, every single player up and down the lineup could have been better. Even though, like I, I, I do, I did like the play of Leon Drysdale tonight. Uh, but yeah, like McDavid, was this a great McDavid game? No, one assist on the power play. Oh, fantastic goal, by the way. That power play goal reminds me. I immediately just had flashbacks to the goal Leon scored against Nashville, where he had the backhanded one timer on the power play. That passes. Beautiful, but yeah, no, the, the the next couple games against Vegas and LA are going to be huge for the team, absolutely huge. Um, Yeah, DeHarnay I was impressed with. One guy I want to touch on in Vegas, Nick Wall, wow, or Nick Roy. Uh, He was awesome. You don't expect this guy to be, you know, as good as he showed tonight, but man, when he had the puck, he was just flying. He was going you know, up and down the ice with Leon Dreisaitl. He was skating. He was creating for the Knights. I thought he was their best player tonight. He was phenomenal. I I was really impressed with the play of Nick Wall. Um, what does Kyle say here? We have yet to lose in regulation at home since the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, I believe so. They snapped our five-game win sheet. Uh, we lost to Toronto. I know we were eight and two. And who was the other loss to? I can't remember um but yeah no that's true toronto was in toronto and unless i'm missing something i don't i don't know that's weird wow thank you for pointing that out that is a really interesting stat um but yeah no and then uh obviously something else i saw people talking about in chat earlier something we need to talk about is we talked about the top six yamamoto yanmark neither of them are working right now yanmark should not be in the top six and at all uh oh, the jets awesome call and yes that was in winnipeg so yeah okay undefeated in regulation at home hmm interesting very good going in the playoffs but another guy if you have one guy who's not going on connor's wing and you saddle him with a vander kane who when kane is going and doing everything that he can do at his peak is a really good player to have on your team. He is really good. He's a volume shooter. He shoots hard. He shoots fast. He skates well. He's not the best passer, but he can get up and down the ice relatively smooth. And he's uh, he's a good hockey player. He's a really good hockey player. I like Evander Kane. But right now, he does not have it. He can't make a pass to save his life. I thought later in the game, his passing got a little bit better. His skating has gotten a little bit better since he's come back. But you can just tell there's something missing kind of in every single facet of the guy's game. And when you have him not going on one side and Yamamoto not going on the other, you're really, really, really making life difficult for Connor McDavid. Now, the benefits to going 11 and 7 is you don't necessarily have to have that fifth guy, the sixth guy in the top six, right? You're rotating through the defenseman a little more and... You're constantly swapping out, okay, one shift, Leon's out there with Connor, one shift, Nude's out there with Connor, one shift, um, one shift, Hyman's out there with Connor, and you're constantly just shuffling between players on those top lines, and you have to throw out the Fogel line, and then you're double shifting down there, you get the guys back out there, and you're a little more dangerous, yeah, they're going to play a little bit more, and maybe that's not beneficial, but 
ideally going into the playoffs, I think this team is best when they are 11 and 7. Uh, David in chat to MGD's claim about the Oilers' upcoming road trips, road game at T-Mobile Arena. I'm sure Elvis, were, oh, were he to be alive, would be happy with tonight's result. His song, Viva Las Vegas, was a favorite of mine. Well, that's very nice, David. Thanks for contributing that to the chat. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm sure Elvis would be happy that Vegas won as well. One thing we also got to touch on, and I forgot to do it off the top. I should have. Pride Night in Edmonton. Awesome. Uh, glad to see. I think the Oilers were the very first team ever to wear Pride tape. So, uh, yeah, I know. Fantastic to see. Great initiative, obviously. Everyone's welcome there. Everyone's welcome here. I don't care what you are who you are, what you identify as. If you want to come talk hockey with me at 11.18 on a Saturday night, I'm more than happy to do so. So thank you very much for, for joining us. And just know that these, just like hockey is for everyone, these broadcasts are for everyone. So yeah, and also I do I do like, obviously everyone here is an Oilers fan, everyone watched the Oilers games. Our guy, Rob Clark singing the national anthem. You can tell this one just meant just a little bit more to him as he is a member of the LGBTQ community. And yeah, no, everyone loves Rob Clark. Guy can belt the anthem like a god. He is, he, and he's also, by the way, if you ever seen his Instagram, absolutely jacked. That guy couldn't bench press like 415 pounds with ease. He is insane. And he is a, he is just as jacked as he is, uh, as he is just as jacked as he is a phenomenal anthem singer. So, yeah, no, that was great to see. I loved seeing Rob Clark out there doing that. And it's not like he was just out there because it was Pride Night. He is there every game and he is our anthem singer and we appreciate him. So, yeah, are the Oilers one of the few teams that do 11 and 7 trend nowadays? I swear that other teams tend to keep their top six consistent. Well, um, I know Tampa, when they won this at their second Stanley Cup, they were pretty much full on 11 and 7. Uh, Toronto has been running 11 and 7 uh, a, a, a decent amount recently, uh, but that's because they do have like 11 defensemen on their roster. I think it just depends on the makeup of your team. If you have high end forwards that are capable of playing the ice time that the Oilers forwards are, then I don't think it matters. Um, the Oilers also are better when they spread out the minutes amongst their defense, when they overload one guy, it tends to fall off. Like, Matthias Ekholm has been their number one minute muncher for a number of games now, and I think you saw a little bit of fatigue tonight. That's also one thing that could have contributed to uh, his, you know, blip in the play. But, you know, it, it kind of is what it is. But, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, let's see. What else? But, yeah, no. The Oilers, in terms of tie danger chances... The Oilers outchance the Knights 13-11, to 11, uh, but relatively even in that regard. Uh, they controlled 50.8% of the XG according to the National Statics model. But to me, when I look at, uh, this is all situations. Let's just go to 5-on-5 five five here for one second. Expected goals, 5-on-5. Uh, five five. Yeah, the Oilers controlled the 5v5 play of this game. Uh, which, you know, it is what it is like they're they're good enough to win they didn't get the extra save and it just comes down to that but i if the oilers were playing vegas in a playoff series i i believe i i i have a lot of faith in the in, in the oilers um pavel dorfeyev had was the second best player uh, in terms of expected goals on vegas 
uh, on Vegas. He, that's that's nuts. I no clue who these guys are. Like, obviously know who Nick was, but yeah, no, wow, good. It it was a good game from Vegas's kind of middle six guys. Uh, McNair, so are we down to nine games now? Uh, do we stay in the top three in the West? Or are we going to get to wild card? No, I don't think we're going to be out to wild card. I don't think Seattle has the juice to pass Edmonton. I think we're pretty comfortable assuming that the Oilers are going to finish top three in the Pacific. Most likely three. You, you, you probably want home ice advantage. Is it the end of the world if you don't get it? Yeah. Okay. I saw Tyler Yamchuk make this point. Said, okay, you don't have game seven on home ice, but you get game six on home ice. And game six can be very pivotal in a series, right? So, yeah, you you ideally you want home ice advantage, but I think we're pretty safe in assuming that the Oilers are going to finish third in the Pacific Division just on just based on the the rate of play by um by Vegas and LA. Like they're humming along and their schedules are just as easy in terms of quality of competition as the Edmonton Oilers. So we'll see kind of how it goes down the line. Uh, I think another thing, and I know Vegas had injury a ton of injuries tonight. Ryan McLeod coming back to that bottom six will be a huge boost. Devin Shore's play has kind of fallen off. I know he had one nice pass tonight to Bouchard to set him up for a decent shot, but uh, yeah, no. The Devin Shore for Ryan McLeod swap will be monumental in the bottom six. Ryan McLeod is someone who actually can take and play in that top six. He's one of the Oilers' better defensive forwards. Skates like the wind, probably all right now, the second best skater on the Oilers behind Connor McDavid. Um, but yeah, no, it's... It was definitely a rough game for a number of Oilers. And I wouldn't even, I shouldn't even say that. It wasn't an, an, an overly rough game. It was just frustrating. They didn't get the balances. Vegas did. You know, you you, you are capable of being better. And, and MGD points this out. The Oilers are a better road team in the year, uh, on, on the season this year, which is a little bit strange. Uh, but yeah, no. So we'll see what happens going into the game on Tuesday. Kane's missing something. Warren Fogle was one of the few guys who I thought's been really good. Uh, Drysaddle, great neutral zone play. Um, one guy also, I like his takes. Probably just one of the few things I want to highlight when the Vegas Golden Knights play. It's a lot of their social media is quite quite annoying. But uh, I don't know if you guys have ever checked out Sinbin Vegas Ken from Sinbin, who tweets from the Sinbin Vegas account. I, I love his takes. I don't know why. He's one of the few. I like seeing what other media members say about the Oilers while they're playing the Oilers, what their their takes are on the team. Because most people around the NHL only watch teams when their team that they cover is playing the Oilers. So I like to see what he's saying. And uh, the compliments about McDavid and Drassado were quite nice. Uh, and I like the way that he thinks the game and is able to articulate his thoughts in the game. So that's just someone I wanted to highlight. I was reading his tweets throughout the night and I thought they were they're very well done. McNader, does Woody start up start to firm up his playoff strategy lines, get some chemistry going, also maintenance day as well. Okay, with the lines, I think what we're seeing now, or what we saw last game, for example, when they broke up uh Kulak and when they put Kulak and CeCe together, they're just trying to get some see what they can go to in if there is some some, you know, oh my god, blanking on the word, Dennis isn't here to throw me a bone. If there is some adversity in the playoffs, right? Something happens, there's an injury, who can we throw together? That's what they're figuring out now. Ideally, you would have liked them to figure that out earlier in the season, experimented earlier, but I think it's safe to assume the pairings and the lines that we're seeing now are the lines. Um, 
I mean, playoff strategy depends on who you're playing, right? Like, if you're playing LA, you know they're going to trap the hell out of you. They're going to try and beat you to shit. And they're going to just clog up every single opportunity that you have. You're going to have to be very strange defensively because LA can score just as well as they can defend. Now, the difference between them and the Oilers, yeah, the Oilers are probably quite a bit worse defensively. Uh, Mike Kelly from NHL Network was saying that essentially after, I think, Christmas or the trade deadline or something, the Oilers are like top 10 uh, in terms of goals against, uh, expected goals against. Like they're, they've definitely lowered that and gotten significantly better throughout the season. The difference between the Oilers and other teams and why so many people have this conception that the Oilers are so bad defensively is because they get poor goaltending on a relatively consistent basis from mostly Jack Campbell, but like Stuart Skinner's been not not someone to write home about either. I saw someone say today, since the Christmas or since New Year's, he has had a 902 save percentage. That will not cut it in the playoffs. Like, you need that extra save from Stu. If the Oilers are going to do anything in the playoffs, McDavid could have 100 points. It doesn't matter. You need the saves from Stuart Skinner. And that's what I think it's ultimately going to come down to. And you got it better. Just cross your arms, your legs, your knees, your toes. That Stuart Skinner is able to buckle down. Or or Jack Campbell. You know, worst case, if, if something does happen and he gets in, whoever is in the Oilers' net is able to give them a 900 save percentage or better. I, yeah, I'm trying wise, Kyle. You're, you, you, man, you make me feel bad about, uh, beating on Jack Campbell and I feel bad about it too, frankly, but no, yeah, like it's hard when you've gotten such inconsistent, such consistently poor play from a player throughout the season to not just throw those strays. So I apologize for that, but kind of is what it is. And I hope he succeeds. I hope he can come in next game and turn into prime Dominic Hasek, but We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I'd love to sit here and just talk about the playoffs. Next game, uh, we're going to be playing the Arizona Coyotes Monday night. It's going to be, I think it's back me and Dennis, so that'll be fantastic. Um, yeah, no, they, the Oilers played a, a fine game. Not nearly their best game. They didn't get the bounces. They didn't get the goaltending at the end of the day. I think a number of players on the team could be better, and I think they will be better. I think you're going to see a way better Matias at home next week. I think you're going to see a way better Connor McDavid next week. I think you're going to still see, I think Amanda Kane's going to slowly get better, and we better hope and pray <laughs> that, uh, that you know, they some some of these guys pick it up when, when the playoffs come around here. Uh, Eric Tanner, put Fanty to boost the offense. Man, yeah, Ryan Fanty had a goal tonight. I don't know how many of you guys caught that, but the guy's been on fire. He had a fight destroyed somebody, beat them to a crisp, and then like two weeks later now scored a goal. Honestly, would not be opposed. Calvin Pickard, Ryan Fanty, Dustin Schwartz, Grant Fuhr. I do not care who's in net for this team as long as they're stopping pucks. But yeah, guys, we're going to go a bit shorter tonight than we usually do. It's 11.30, Saturday night. Go out. Go enjoy yourselves. Whatever you do, stay safe. Thank you guys for showing up here. It was a solo show for myself. I hope I was able to keep you guys entertained. Dennis will be back with me on Monday against the Arizona Coyotes. We will have that show for you right after the game. Uh, but yeah, this has been the SDPN post-game show. Game over, Edmonton. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime. Pretty frustrating game, to say the least. But uh, yeah, we will be back. We will...
get going. And man, oh man, I cannot wait for the playoffs. I will be so jacked, so ready to go. It'll be fun. But yeah, and McNader, MGD, Eric, David, Wise, Kyle, thanks for showing up. Thanks for going, coming, coming around. Hit that like button one more time. And yeah, we will see you Monday night. So take care. Till then, I guess no play LeBron, but just let's go Oilers.